Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Danny Kelly and you're listening to the TalkSport Daily Podcast. Coming up on the pod today, we've got the fallout from game day, including Liverpool edging closer and closer to being crowned champions of England. Uh, Jose Mourinho appearing to take a swipe at some of his players. Surprise, surprise. And as praise for VAR. No, that is genuine. But it's Manchester we head to first and United taking the bragging rights, whatever they are, over the local rival City after they won the derby 2-0. We can hear from both managers. First up, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. It's a fantastic day for us uh, to be able to do this in, in front of our own fans, with the fans, because they were unbelievable. Uh, I think they can see or they connect, they identify with the players, because that is a Man United performance. They're resilient, hardworking, it's speed, it's pace, it's humble, it's everything I want from my players. That's an awful ball from Edison, and there's a chance, it's a goal! Well, McTominay has scored from the mistake! The ball was oh, rolled out for Mendy, Fantastic. and has wrapped it up in the sixth minute of time added on. What a clever finish from Scott McTominay at the Stratford end. Scotty, energy, desire, commitment. He's a Man United lad, born and bred. So uh, he's, uh, he was out there to, uh, to just give us a little bit of more legs, because we, we started to sag deeper and deeper. They pressed us back and uh, no he did well under no pressure whatsoever Edison he's left he's just touched it with his left foot made a mess of it Martial's gone in as he should for a challenge and ended up in a heap I think he's hit the post on the way in as well but Edison so good on the ball normally he's made an absolute hash of that one he's an exceptional goalkeeper that is what is important we arrive uh, we don't have many many chances but it's normal it's not easy with the team but they wait, they wait our mistake to punish us in the counter-attack and yeah, they did it two or three times, not much. But in general, overall, the game was good. We can go to game day now and Liverpool boss Jurgen Klopp on yet another win for the Reds as they move closer to that maiden Premier League title after beating Bournemouth. Exactly what I wanted before the game. I knew it would be a hard fight and the, 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 the game, the history of the game made it even more difficult with the... With the goal we conceded, you, know, you think, okay, now these things happen. Um, it was, from my point of view, a clear foul. I don't know um, how is that in the end not a foul, even when the VR is looking at it. We had now different situations in the last in the last uh, couple of weeks where really things are a bit strange. Nobody spoke after the Watford game about the Dini foul against Trent. It's like, wow, how is that not even mentioned? We cannot mention it because we lost the game. Three. It always sounds like... Uh, 
ah, they are pretty bad losers. So, um, yeah, we are not too good in losing, that's true. But um, we wouldn't mention it because of that. So, today, we had to fight back before the game. We had to fight back after being 1-0 down. The boys did brilliantly. You need characters who, who don't want to um, sort, the, um, sort the situation football-wise. You need character, you need mentality, you need to, to, to fight back. And that's what we did. So I'm more overly, overly happy and more than pleased with the boys. Now, Chelsea welcomed uh, former manager Carlo Ancelotti um, by beating his Everton side four goals to nil at Stamford Bridge. And for the second time in a few days, 18-year-old Billy Gilmore was a standout performer for the Blues. And we can hear from him and then his boss, Frank Lampard. Yeah, I can only do what I can do in training. It's working hard and trying to press uh, the gaffer every day at training. But no, today was a really good date game. We won three points and some top goals. Yeah, we've had a couple of ups and downs uh, during the season, but we're, we're putting that right and we're winning at home against Liverpool and Everton. Two tough games, but that's us we're making this place. Really, for teams to come here and to beat us is going to be really hard. See you what, I, I wasn't dominating midfield possession at 18 like he is that's for sure West Ham you know that he's shown personalities who received the ball back in his own half you, you never know with the young players until you throw them in but some players give you confidence that they'll they'll, they'll take it on board because of their game intelligence because of his attitude uh, and I always thought that and I'm confident but I've got no fear to throw an 18 year old in and I will talk him up and say that because I think he's got a great character about him the way he is the way he approaches every day's training um, all he's done now is set standards that the, the landscape will change for him because people expect that. That's not a bad thing, but what are two performances he's shown this week? Let's head back to game day and the reaction to the intervention of VAR at the Emirates, which helped Arsenal to victory over West Ham. This is the Gunners' boss, Mikel Arteta. My staff came from the bench and said, it's a goal. He's on site, um, and then it was about two or three minutes, I think, till made the, the decisions. Obviously, I was like, I wasn't very positive about it, but I am very pleased. Finally, it works. The VAR worked for us, so congratulations to them. Thank you, and we got the point. You're happy with VAR tonight? Tonight, I'm very happy. I love VAR. Now, one big story outside of football this weekend happened in the rugby at Twickenham as England narrowly beat Wales in the Six Nations. But it was an incident, shall we call it Ballgate, uh, involving Joe Marler and Welsh skipper Alan Wynne-Jones that took all the attention. This is Jones's take on the incident. Hopefully World Rugby have a look at it. Joe's a good bloke. He's, you know, lots of things happen on a, on a rugby field. Um, my question is, it's difficult as a captain these days because you can't speak to a ref about anything it feels. Um, you know, I look at a touch um, judge Obviously, didn't see what happened, and that's fine. Um, but there's all the footage that has been shown. Obviously, it seems there's a a lot of uh, supporters that saw what happened. Um, it's just very frustrating the fact that we we talk a lot about TMOs and footage review, and there doesn't seem to be a lot of it happening. Over now to the final word with myself and former Crystal Palace chairman Simon Jordan. Here we are talking about the vitriolic attitude of fans in modern-day football after the Eric Dyer incident in midweek. I don't think football should be judged by society. I don't think it should be held to the same standards as society. It's a, it's a sport. It engenders tribalistic reactions. It engenders emotivity that has no 
sense to it, grown men celebrating the achievements of 17-year-old boys and eulogising them and, and people losing their minds over the achievements of a football club when they put, sometimes can't go home and put food on their own tables. That sort of perspective makes no sense. But the idea that I feel, I, as, a, as an owner, there were times, not very often, you know, certainly from Palace fans where I got some real stick, not often there, but a lot of, more often than not, from away fans about what I looked like, who I was going out with, mm-hmm. and what my sexuality might have been. But I, I used to look at it and go, who cares? A bunch of total strangers saying something to me that is that's abusive. Who cares? But if you saw your brother involved with some people in the ground, I mean, a little bit, to, what, to some me... to some extent, I understand where you're going with that. But to what extent? Oh, if he's oh. a big, if he's in the stands, he's a grown man and he's having an altercation, an exchange of views. If he's getting attacked and someone's beaten the no, no one's, out no of him, one suggested then that. Then that's fine. No. But what, Eric, you can't the, do the, that. The FA Flag got, a steward. The FA get somebody in there. Not you. Me, trying to be neutral about it. Now, the FA strikes me. They've got a real problem here, haven't they? They're going to have to punish him. Have they got to? Yeah. And then, but they also have to somehow get the message out that you can't just say what you like to people in football grounds, or whether they're on the pitch or in the in the, in the terraces with you. No, but you've also got to get to a society where I, I don't know, Danny. I don't know what you think, and maybe well, sure. I, I, well, sticks and stones for the love of God. Sure. What, what sure. are we trying to create now? Only people can say things to people that they like. Only things that people. You know that people you can only praise people. You can't criticize. Unfortunately, Dan, you. And it's not. I just. I don't believe it's just a generational thing. I think there's a lot more anger in the streets than there has been in previous years. I think people are still full of vitriol. There's still we get switchballs lit up by various football clubs when their club isn't playing playing well. And players and mm-hmm. Arsenal fan TV thrive and survive on some of the some of the vitriol about individual players. Not so much these days because the clubs maybe turned a corner with a new manager in place. But I I I don't get it. I've got young children. I want them to have character. I want them to have backbone. I want sure. them not to go under because someone says something rude to them because you know what you're going to meet people that don't like you and these sure. professional sportsmen to my mind they're, they're becoming a little bit prima donna-ish in what they will and won't tolerate the, but this is what the, why I can't quite get to the bottom now of course I'm not a QC here but Eric Dyer couldn't have heard what was being said in the terrace he was 45 yards away when he started no. out uh, on the other hand neither the club nor he have come out with any kind of statement about what Maybe maybe they're waiting for the police's investigation to do its thing now. Um, what do you think? Very hard one for you to answer because I couldn't answer it. What do you think the upshot will be? What kind of ban do you think you'll get? I think you'll get a reasonably significant ban because, irrespective of the the, the backdrop, will be as you've just done, which is you've got a family member in there, right? Well. None of us are privy to the fact as, as to what was exactly going on there. Stewards in the ground. You know, I don't know how old his brother is or how old his brother isn't. I'm suspecting that he's of a certain age where he should be able to look after himself because he's standing in there with grown men in, a, in an environment which is a bit more sanitised, I suspect, because it is the corporate environment. And I suspect it's people saying something they didn't like and they've got into an altercation. And unfortunately, here's the thing. If you're the brother mm-hmm. of a famous footballer, sometimes you're going to have to listen to things being said about your brother or your family member that you don't like. And that goes with the territory. You're going to sit there as Eric Dyer, you're going to pick up £100,000 a week and you're going to have some moron that you're never going to meet in your life call you a name that you don't like and your brother's going to listen to it. And unfortunately, whether that's right or wrong, it feels it feels to me, Danny, like, well, well so what? So what if somebody that you don't know says something derogatory about you? So what? You're listening to Talk Sport Daily. So after they drew at Burnley, this is Jose Mourinho on his Spurs side, and he starts off talking about Tangay and Dombele, who he subbed off at half time. 
periods where he's not injured. He's taking, uh, he's taking time. He's taking time. He's a player with uh, that the club put great expectations on on him. He's a player with amazing, amazing quality, amazing skill. But he's taking, he's taking time. We need more. We need more from some. From some players, more responsibility, more um, more attitudes, more intensity, and in the second half we we had that. I think um, the changes that we we made, the players they gave us they gave us a lot more, and obviously the confidence of the team comes comes high, and we managed to to be very dominant in the, in the second half. Staying with Spurs, this is Tony Cascarino on Mourinho and his management of Troy Parrott. Parrott. A lot of the talk beforehand of Troy Parrott and whether he's ready, and he may not be ready, and Josie might be right. But one thing you do, you build players up, you get them feel like they're 10 feet tall when they go out on the pitch, and I think that hasn't happened with Troy Parrott, with Jose. He's always he's, he's put the seed of doubt in fans' minds already. Fans are warning him on, and then he, you know, he talks about midweek, the half hour that he played. Not missing the penalty was a problem, but the half hour he played. And I think, Jose... You've got to, this lad, you've got to get the best out of him. Management is about overachieving. And I don't think he's handled Troy Parrott's, you know, OK, he's only 18 and he might not be ready. Josie could be right, but you've got to get something out of him. In the latest edition of the Glory Hunters podcast, comedian Nick Hancock incurs the wrath of the sporting gods by saying that sport has lost all perspective. We know it's a little bit, yeah, and I read an article the other day that said that they were thinking of having kite surfing oh, in the Olympics. So I want to put forward the idea that the Olympics get scrapped now. It's just got <laughs> greedy to tell you any any sport, they will take it on. They have golf at the Olympics. Mm-hmm. They have tennis at the Olympics. And then I thought, actually, do you know what? The whole world of sport has gone mad. We need two years off. No sport. <gasps> we need to get rid of all sport no for two sport. years. Let's take a step back and think about what it is we have created on this linking planet. Okay. Just anything can be a game these days. I blame William Webb Ellis. Okay. Okay? Because you pick a ball up while playing football doesn't mean you've invented a new game. It means you're cheating. <laughs> All right? You are cheating. That is not inventing a new game. Okay. That is ruining the old game. Okay. All right? I hate any of those sort of games. Mm. Ball sports. It should not count. It should not count if the ball doesn't move. Golf. It's a stationary ball. Of course you can hit it. Football. Proper snooker, exactly so. We need to get rid of all of these motorsport, for God's oh, sake. Yeah, yeah. Motorsport. Okay. We need to go back and decide once again what are the proper sports. Motorsport, the beautiful, the melding of, 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 of human athleticism and human invention. They mm. say, well, put a toaster at the top of a ladder, okay? <laughs> and let's call it toast steering. It is not a sport <laughs> just because there is something technical so what and are, something what are physical. The proper sports, Football, Football and cricket. That's it. it? That's it. <laughs> so let's go back. People can then apply Two. again. That's a pretty short Olympics. Yeah, we, they can apply, and over the years, we may, I'm not saying that I'm right, no. we can allow some of these sports back mm. in. Okay, I think running, jumping, Fair enough, these are proper Running sports. and jumping. Yeah, that's Olympic. Maybe, if you want to go back to the very beginning, chariot racing or wrestling. You can have those. But really, we need to stop, go back, think about what it is that we want from sport, think what sports are, start again with football and cricket, and then we can add one in every now and again. That's Glory Hunters podcast with Charlie Baker, available to download from all your regular podcast providers. 
over to the Trans Europe Express now, and this is the best bits of the show with Rob Daly, Lars Sivertson, and Andy Brussel. Palmer Spell earlier on today. What exactly happened at that Serie A game? Well, to start from the beginning, Rob, um, we've only known for sure for three days that these fixtures were going to take place on this weekend. Of course, uh, Juventus Inter was originally um, on the slate for uh, the Serie A fixtures last weekend, was called off. Um, because of the public health crisis in, in Piedmont. And um, then it was decided that it would be played behind closed doors. All the matches that were missed last week would be bumped forward to this week. And uh, they're going to work it out from there. But um, with the escalating crisis, um, there are lots of people unhappy about, notably the Players' Union, led by Damiano Tomasi, um, the form, former midfielder, of course, former Italy midfielder. A lot of people are, are, are worried, not players are worried, should it actually be happening at all? So earlier, Palmer versus Spal, that was the early game, which kicks off at 11.30 UK time. Now, the players were out of the dressing room, in kit, in the tunnel, ready to come on. And they were told with a couple of minutes notice to, to, to go back in because there was the possibility that the game would be called off. Now, after further discussion um, between the sports ministry, um, between the, the FIGC, the Italian FA and the players union, it started with uh, a 75 minute delay and it did finish. And the other games that happened in the afternoon at Sampdoria, uh, at Milan did happen. But it seems even though uh, there was a leaked memo that suggested there would maybe be a player's strike that would be effective from today. That's not been the case. Um, presumably too short notice. They're still discussing. And what it looks like is um, there's going to be a meeting in Rome on Tuesday between the FIGC, between the Sports Ministry and between the Players' Union where they'll discuss the possibility of just putting a stop to all football at the moment because a lot of players are very, very unhappy about the fact that the game's carrying on. Uh, so the government said earlier on this week that until April the 3rd, all outdoor sporting events would be, would be played uh, behind closed doors. This afternoon, Italian officials said the number of people who've died uh, from COVID-19 in the country. There was a sharp rise today, 366 from 233, and the number of cases uh, vastly approaching 7,500 in the country. So uh, large numbers. And, um, Lars, you can understand, A, we haven't got fans at these games, but the concerns about the play, the players are, are being pretty vocal now on the, on the situation. Yeah, absolutely. As we heard in the news roundup there, effectively about 16 million people have been told not to leave their province, uh, except for essential work or medical reasons, I believe is the phrase that's being used. And you have six teams in those affected provinces. You have Milan, Inter, Atalanta, Brescia, Parma and Sassuolo. It's hard to imagine continuing without those teams, and that means footballers will be asked, uh, footballers and support staff and everyone involved with uh, that sort of with the games will be asked to travel into areas where people have been told very clearly not to go unless you absolutely have to. And I, you can completely understand why uh, the players are uneasy about that. Uh, one of the people are very uneasy about it is Mario Balotelli, who's come out very very strongly and said that he doesn't that he thinks it needs to stop now. He said, "Let's uh, let's stop the league." He's written. Do we need anything else? Stop the football. And the point he makes is that um, he can't go see his kids because they don't live where he lives and he's worried about potentially catching something and infecting his mother who's you know uh, not young and who he sees on a red daily basis because the point about this is not just about you yourself not uh, catching this is about the people you could effectively potentially infect if the government in Italy have decided that people in these provinces shouldn't 
travel and shouldn't move because it's very dangerous and we can't spread this thing. It's a hard case to make that football is so important that they should be breaking those rules. Well, that, my friends, was the TalkSport Daily Podcast with me. It's regular presenter Danny Kelly. Uh, don't forget, you can download this pod via Acast, Spotify and Apple Pods. Tonight on TalkSport from 7 o'clock, I'll be back on with Simon Jordan for another dose of the press box. There'll also be another one of these tomorrow. Andy Goldstein is apparently coming back for a little break. That was a podcast from TalkSport. 